Hello and welcome to Lisa Express Podcast. My name is Elizabeth Akunyili and I am your sexual healer. We've been on a series titled Need Meeting Addiction. If you're listening to me for the first time, don't get shocked. Addictions actually meet needs. Addictions are not things people just said, oh, I'm going to pick up this thing and I'm going to make sure I can't live without it. Absolutely not. Addictions began with meeting needs in the lives of people. So last week I did talk about you have needs. You have needs in your life. According to the Abraham Maslow theory of human motivation, you have basic needs, you have psychological needs, and then you have the need for self-fulfillment. And I also spoke about those six human needs, which was the need for certainty, the need for variety, significance, connection and love, growth and contribution. I also spoke about the five love languages, which is something many of us are familiar with. The five love languages attempt to meet our needs in relationships. And so today I am going to just dive into met and starved needs. I already began talking about it last week. So if you haven't listened to it, just go scroll down after this podcast and listen to You Have Needs. And so met and starved needs. I began last week with saying, or rather I ended last week with saying that if you have needs unacknowledged needs, as long as they are needs, you will find ways to meet them. Whether the ways you meet them are logical or not, legal or not, you will find a way to meet those needs. And I remembered giving an example at the beginning of that podcast episode where I said the need for safety, for example, a child needs to feel safe. So if you're in an environment where there is lack of safety, there is security issues, maybe from robbery or from whatever it is that there are guns in your neighborhood kids get attacked people get killed it actually does make sense it might not make logical sense to someone who doesn't understand the concept of needs but it does make sense that you will attempt to secure yourself and one of the ways you do that is that you'll learn how to fight you'll learn how to use ammunition you will be drawn towards ammunition not because you like ammunition in itself but you like what it represents security i was reading this book on um, money a while ago psychology of money and the author had said at the beginning that nobody's crazy people are not crazy the most stupid decisions you can think that people made were made on the basis of needs. For example, squandering money. People squander money to meet needs. I know it sounds crazy, but people squander money because it means something to them. For example, they went out with their friends and everybody is balling. Everybody is spending. They need to belong because belonging is a need. The psychological need, the need to belong to community. You don't want to be ostracized. You don't want to be the person who doesn't fit in. You don't want to be the misfit. You don't want to be the person who is not representing well. So you spend money to show your friends that you are on the same level and that you are on the same page. But what you do not acknowledge is that you have another need, physiological need, need for food, water, warmth, rest. You do not acknowledge those needs. You squandered to fill among. Now you've gotten back home. There's no food stuff in your house. You spent the money you needed to buy food stuff for the month or for the quarter or the year. You squandered it. Now you can't rest. And so because you spent money fulfilling a higher level need over a basic need, you feel like you've hit rock bottom because the truth is you are at rock bottom. That's why when you don't have money, you are crazy. 
You are uncomfortable. You are not uncomfortable because you don't have paper. You are uncomfortable because you don't have the need money is supposed to meet. So if you are looking for money to say travel and have fun, you don't feel as bad if you don't have that money. Like if you were sick and in the hospital and you can't afford your hospital bills. One is more basic than the other. So traveling is good. You love traveling. Besides being in the hospital and not being able to afford your bills, come on, we already know which is more important. So the money is not the problem. What the money does for you is where the issue is at. That's why in the podcast episode last year, money as an emotional need, I was talking about why money rules our emotion. It's not because of money itself. You can go listen to it if you're not sure what your relationship with money is like. So if you have needs and you don't acknowledge them, you don't even know why you're behaving the way you're behaving. That's what this episode is about. You have needs, but when they are unacknowledged, you don't understand why you're behaving the way you're behaving. You don't understand why your partner is suddenly looking boring. You don't want to cheat on them, but you're suddenly realizing other men are hotter than your man. You're suddenly feeling like other women are prettier than your woman. You're beginning to feel like, my job, something is not sitting well with my job. I just feel like I need to change jobs. There is a need deficit that is not being met. And so the question today would be to ask yourself, last week, the question last week was to ask yourself, what needs do you have? The question, the first question today would be to ask yourself, what needs do I meet? Which of my needs do I meet? Let's go back to Abraham Maslow's hierarchy. Do I meet my basic needs? Can my job meet my basic needs? If your job cannot meet your basic needs, you will be dissatisfied. If your job cannot provide food, your job cannot provide water, your job cannot give you a good house. Let's not even talk about a good house. Let's just talk about a house first. Before we talk about a pretty house, a beautiful house, whatever way you want to describe it. Does your job give you rest? Because if your job pays you well, but makes you work so many hours that you don't have rest. You're not able to rest in one month, two months, three months. There's a possibility you are going to start detesting the job. And now you are staying because it needs food and water. But you know that the day you find a job that gives you 10 hours less responsibility, even if they pay you 20% less, that you take it. You take it because you know that 80% of the money they pay you will cover food and water, warmth, an environment for you. You know it will. Why do people prefer to work for other people instead of starting their business? Everybody's not an entrepreneur. Everybody shouldn't be an entrepreneur. If everybody was an entrepreneur, who would be staff? Right? So this is not me advocating that, oh, everybody should want to be an entrepreneur. No. But why will a lot of people never start anything on their own? Because they're looking for safety. They have a safety need. And you might be listening to me right now. You have a safety need. If you're working for someone, whether they have enough clients for the month or not, except it's one of those um, pay-as-you-go jobs, right? If you're working for someone, they will pay you your salary every month. They will pay you your salary. That is job security. That's why certain people have stayed in abusive relationship. It's safe. It gives them certainty. Remember the six human needs, the need for certainty. Like, oh, okay, this man is abusive, but he pays the bills. If I leave him, how am I going to pay the bills? At least I'm certain 
He's going to pay the bills and send the kids to school while I'm still taking care of this child in my hands, while I can't return to work yet, while I can't do A, B, and C. Or while this woman is abusive and she's very frustrating, I'm safe around her because I know that the worst thing she can do is insult me. I know the worst thing she can do is put me down with her mouth. I know the worst thing she can do is ruin my reputation. So I can manage it. Safe. That's a need. You're picking one need over another. In economics, we have what is called opportunity costs, right? Where you pick one thing, but it's a cost another thing. So we take decisions as humans based on what do we think is more expensive? What will cause us more pain? So let me run away from the bigger pain. Let me run away. So what's the lesser evil? We run away from pain and we head towards pleasure. Now into the crux of needs and how they manifest in adulthood. When I was taking my certification course in child psychology, I was fascinated. Yeah, I have my degree in education. So I understand the fact that a child's mind is tabula rasa. But I had never taken a core course on just children. And so this time around, I was in class and um, I was discovering that everything you say to a child between age one to five, the way you treat a child literally just goes into their unconscious. They can't filter it. They don't have enough information. Remember tabula rasa, empty slate, open slate. They don't have anything to filter what you do to them. Now, children are dependent on their caregivers. In this case, we talk about their moms or their dads or whoever is available to them. But we tend to talk about moms a lot because of breastfeeding, right? When a child is breastfeeding, they know they'll be touched. You'll look them in the eye. They get to connect with the mom. They know that if they cry, certainly their moms will come, right? They know their moms will play with them. They understand that they are important to the mom, right? They don't know what those things are they don't know the words what they know by exp they just feel it good so this one time i was at a crutch i went to visit a crutch and i noticed this small girl who was always weeping she was constantly crying everybody at the crutch would keep quiet and this young lady would cry she will weep she goes from zero to two thousand guys not zero to hundred she goes from zero to two thousand in like two seconds the first time she did it, I ran out. I was really scared, like, what happened? But then it happened multiple times. And I looked at the crutch owner. I was having a conversation with the crutch owner that day, and I asked her, I said, does this girl's mom have a help at home? She said, no. I said, it's obvious in the way the child behaves. And she asked, how? I said, the child is used to being abandoned. This child is used to being abandoned. So she weeps really loud in order to get attention. Because the average child cries and their moms come running, their caregivers come running, their nannies come running. But this particular child cries like their life depends on it. Like, if I don't cry really hard, you are going to abandon me again. If I don't cry really hard, you're not going to care about me. If I don't cry really hard, you're not going to know I need you. So this young lady weeps extraordinarily because of abandonment. And so the crutch owner starts telling me how... The mom doesn't have a help at home and then um, the girl's mom says the girl likes to cry. So when the girl starts crying, she just leaves the girl in her court or puts her in her, um, why can't I remember the name of this toy thing? And she just leaves the girl there to do whatever she needs to do. So this girl can be crying for 30 minutes at the stretch. 
30 straight minutes. And the mom herself is overwhelmed. She's frustrated because she has so much to do, but she doesn't have a help in the house. And she has to cater to the house and cater to the child. And the child doesn't want to stay on her back. So she can't carry the child and walk. This child wants me to sit with her and I have things to do. And so every day the mom has to decide, oh, okay, what hours of the day can I leave her to cry by herself? And this child now is now getting used. This child is getting used to being abandoned. It's getting used to being neglected even when she's crying. As adults, we don't notice that we have attachment issues because of the things we've experienced. So you get in a relationship and you're cranky. Your partner tells you, I need to go out. And you hear, I want to be away from you. They simply said they want to go out and hang out with the boys. Or they want to go out and hang out with the girls. But what you heard is, I'm tired of you and I want to leave the house. I want my space. I don't want you in my space. The reverse is the case with some of us. Some of us feel like, I'm enjoying you too much in my space. So I need you to leave because I don't want to get used to you when you walk away from me. Those are attachment styles. Because of the things we've experienced as kids. And so the attachment theory be believes that we get our attachment styles from how our caregivers functioned. So if you had parents and caregivers who had time for you, people who would listen to you, people who were not critical of you, people who were open to you, people who didn't punish you unnecessarily, that you were going to develop a secure attachment style. So very often, parents do these things where they neglect their child as punishment. So because you didn't come first in class, um, when you try to talk to them, they shut you down. They are punishing you for not succeeding in quotes. So what happens to you when you grow up is that you are so addicted to working hard. You call it productivity, but it's not. It's actually you trying to earn affection because you've always had to earn affection by results. I'm beginning to dive into next week's topic like I did last time. <laughs> you have met and starved meats. One of the ways you're going to be able to stop your addictions if you're already addicted, when we did the series on trauma, I spoke about ways traumas manifest. If you haven't listened to it, go listen to that series. I think um, trauma was in September. Yes, yes, yes. Go listen to September, a bunch of podcasts, four of them. So luckily for you, September had IG Live and you and podcast. So we had about 20, 30 minutes on podcast every week. And then we had about 20, 30 minutes on IG Live every week. So go listen to it. There was the, one of the topics was manifestations of trauma, where I was talking about being hyper-efficient and overproductive can be signs of trauma sometimes, signs of neglect. And so you're an adult and you are working really hard and you are pushing yourself and you're not even giving yourself basic needs such as rest, basic needs such as food because you have to achieve and you're fighting to be significant and you don't even understand that the reason you're working so hard to be significant, the reason you're working so hard that you're willing to neglect your basic needs of rest is that you're trying to achieve love. You see the reason why I had to mention all of these needs in the first episode? Because they overlap. You can't say, oh, I have certainty and I don't need significance. You need them at different points. What are the needs in your life right now that are not met? I'm going to quickly run through the four attachment styles and that will be all for today's episode. But ask yourself, what needs in my life are not met right now? What needs are making me cranky? What do I wish I have right this minute? 
that will make my life better. And you have to be brave enough to acknowledge that you need these things. It takes bravery to acknowledge needs. Because as adults, we have the interesting behavior of being hyper-independent, which is also another sign of trauma. You'll see it when I start talking about the attachment styles. We're so hyper-independent that we don't even acknowledge to ourselves that I'm fatigued. I need help. Like that girl's mom. That girl's mom needs help. She needs either her partner to come home and help with the kids so that she can do the stuff in the house or she needs to get someone to help around the house so that she can take care of the child or she needs help sending the child to a crutch. But whatever method or technique she chooses, she needs help. Because if she doesn't get help, she's going to end up having a child who has an attachment issue as an adult. All right, so attachment styles. We have secure attachment. Secure attachment comes from being around people who respect you, people who you felt secure in their presence, people who assured you, who validated you, people who affirmed you. If you were lucky to have parents who were watching out for you, parents who were always on your team. Um, I happen to have had a dad who had a pretty secure attachment style and it was very obvious in my life. Um, I remember being in primary school. My mom was very present as well. But my dad isn't just the kind of person who is present. My dad is the person who shows up and shows out. And he shows up in the way I take care of even my clients. When I agree to be your therapist, I'm agreeing to be present for you. And I notice how some of my clients behave during therapy. They have this sense of awe. I've had sessions, and this is not marketing, I promise you. I've had sessions where my clients look at me with a sense of awe. And I can tell I'm giving them something they lacked, which is something therapy is supposed to give you every once in a while. But then we also have to be careful not to break boundaries where there is no transference or counter-transference going on, right? But there is the presence of someone listening to you. Sometimes people come into therapy and I can tell that they've not had someone listen to them in a very long time. In fact, some of them have the boldness to say that I've not felt listened to like this in a long time. I've had people put it in their testimonials that they felt listened to, especially um, back in 2019 when we were working with teenagers predominantly. Most of the time, that was the consistent testimonial with teenagers being listened to and being validated. So I was lucky to have secure attachment as a child. Every time I had presentation, my dad would always be on the front row. He would come with his camera and he would always make faces at me on the stage to make me laugh. All my siblings still talk about it. When we talk about my late dad, that is one of the most hilarious things we can all think of. He comes to your presentation and then he's making funny faces. And then you're struggling between making your presentation and actually laughing at the joke. That kind of comfort, that kind of presence affects you emotionally for life. And so if you're a parent listening to me, because the people listening to me right now are people who are in a relationship, people who are married, people who have kids, whether you have adopted kids or you are mentoring or you are a leader, you have to make sure it's possible that you didn't have secure attachment, but you can work on it from where you are going forward. If you're a parent, you want to make sure that you're giving your kids secure attachment. You're helping them develop secure attachment. You want to make sure that you are emotionally available if you have secure attachment, you're able to regulate your emotions, you trust others, you are able to communicate. You ask for help when you need help because you know the people around you care about you. They're willing to help you. So if you're the person who always feels like, well, nobody's available to help me. I don't need anybody. I don't need anybody. That might actually be a sign that you're in need, that you're actually starved. You're able to connect with other people. 
Another type of attachment style is the avoidant attachment. Avoidant attachment is dismissive, is a type of insecure attachment that is dismissive and anxious. In this type of attachment style, you always feel you're not able to build long relationships. You find yourself unable to connect with people physically and emotionally. Physical intimacy is not something you're very familiar with. And this is something that tends to happen to people who had to care for themselves. People who became independent really early. Maybe um, first children who had to take care of their siblings. Or parents, children who lost their parents. Or people who had parents who couldn't provide for their needs. Maybe financial needs in order to meet their physiological needs. Such as food, warmth, rest. Maybe you went to school by yourself. And your parents didn't have enough. And all they could pay for was your school fee. You had to work and figure the rest. Or you were someone who was around people that every time you expressed your emotions, they would shut you down or they wouldn't even attend to you on time. Like the young girl I was talking about, she, she is around someone who is slow to respond to her basic needs. She's a child. She's hungry. She's crying. She wants to be held. She wants to sleep. She wants water or something. She's a baby. She can't talk about it. All she can do is cry. And yet this person is not here to attend to her on time. Then we have... Um, we have the anxious attachment style. The anxious attachment style is another type of insecure attachment. Here you are afraid of rejection. You're constantly afraid. You are anxious. The predominant thing here is anxiety. You're afraid of being rejected. You're afraid of being abandoned. You're always looking for someone to validate you. So you might be someone here who finds yourself constantly in a relationship. You can't stay alone. You need someone. You're always codependent. If you get out of one relationship in one month, two months, you have to be in another one. You don't understand that you have to stay single to find yourself, to heal, to take out the trauma from the last relationship. You really don't care. Here, you're always looking to be connected because you are afraid. Here might have been because the people who took care of you might have been people who were detached or they were indifferent you they might have been people who were easily overwhelmed maybe they were stressed right maybe you were around people who would provide for you this minute and then the next minute they didn't care about you let me give an example you had parents that you had conflict issues with and so this minute you've settled your conflict and everything is all funny and you're laughing and life is good. And then the next minute they flare up and you don't know what you did. You're not sure what you did. And so you're always wondering, should I be at peace or should I just walk away? So home is never really home for you to rest. Home doesn't really meet your basic need. And so what happened is you've always had to meet your needs outside. You've always had to connect to other people outside. When your friends act like they want to reject you, you are in a hurry to fix whatever reason is making them reject you. Even if you don't agree with the thing, right? Um, you're around people who always made you feel like it's your fault they are aggressive. This can be something for people who come from domestically violent home. So you're coming from a place where... Um, your parents easily transfer aggression. Whoever your caregiver was, um, they get angry from work and then they come beat you at home or they shout on you, they disrespect you, they disregard you on the basis of something that happened elsewhere. Or you did something, but the punishment is more than what you did. And then they tell you it's your fault. I wouldn't have hit you if you had not done this. I wouldn't have hit you. But you can tell that the action and their reactions do not correlate. Right. So this can be part of the reasons that you have anxiety. So before you self-diagonize, I recommend you go into therapy. But I'm just saying, met and stagnate, some of the ways it manifests, right, is that you have fear of rejection. And then finally, the disorganized attachment style. This is also insecure as well. 
Here you have extremely inconsistent behavior and difficulty trusting other people. You have extremely inconsistent behavior. This is very common with people who have experienced childhood trauma. Maybe it was neglect. Maybe it was physical abuse. Maybe it was sexual abuse. There is a fear you have regarding your parents, regarding leadership. Maybe you were abused by someone who was older than you, someone who was supposed to take care of you. And so now every time you see this person, you see an older person, you were terrified. Um, one time I had spoken to someone and it was the fact that this person is afraid of fathers because they have this serious conflict going on with their dad and they've always had that conflict. And so every time they are in the presence of a male figure, there is fear, literal fear. And this person hasn't said anything. This person may. So if you have this kind of attachment style, or some of the signs will be fear of rejection, your inability to regulate emotions. You have contradictory behavior. It's like you're saying a different thing and doing a different thing. Like saying, oh, I'm going to stand up for myself, but you're not really standing up for yourself. You're constantly anxious. You don't trust people because you're not sure. Is this person I'm trusting going to abuse me? Is this leader I'm submitting to going to hurt me? Is this partner I'm going to work with going to um, do anything to me? So here is like you have a bit of the avoidant attachment style and then you have a bit of the anxious attachment style at the same time. So again, ask yourself, what needs have I met in my life? And what needs are unmet? in my life. Next week, we're going to go into addictive rescue heroes, addictive rescue heroes, addictive rescue heroes. All right. So if you have any questions whatsoever, feel free to go on the website at www.lizaexpress.com and ask your question in the anonymous form. I promise you, we will not have your emails. We will not have your name. There's no cookie on the form. Just go there and ask your questions and we would respond to you. Going forward, our anonymous questions will be answered on the podcast. So we'll pick a day during the week where we just answer anonymous questions and then you find them on the podcast. So if you ask us any question, you could check any of our social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn. All you need to do is search for Lisa Express Console or search for Lisa Express C. We would upload it on social media when we've answered a particular question. Say, so you are asking, how can I resolve conflict with my child? Right, you asked us that question. We don't know you asked us. So what we're going to do is we're going to go on Instagram and say, oh, anonymous question. How can I resolve conflict with my child has been answered on the podcast. And then you can go to the podcast and listen. I hope that helps you. All right, until next week, when I see you, do take care of yourself and experience.